the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Let Us Reason, a Christian-Muslim dialogue with host Al Fadi. Let Us Reason is a unique show utilizing theology, apologetics, and evangelism to reach Muslims for Christ by comparing and contrasting Christian and Muslim doctrines. And now, your host, Al Fadi. Defenders of Islam say that Mary was young like Aisha when Muhammad married her, so what he did was okay. Was Mary young like Aisha when she married Joseph? No. The argument is completely invalid. The topic uh, that we are going to discuss today has to do with whether Mary was young like Aisha or not. Meaning, was she the age of Aisha when Joseph, uh, the carpenter, married her? And of course, with me here is our brother David Wood to address this objection. David, you hear this objection all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So how can yeah. we respond to it for the benefit of our viewers, of course? Yeah, and, and, and think, think about the reasoning here, right? So people point out that it's a problem that Muhammad had sex with a prepubescent little girl. And the response is, but Mary was young, too. And in in philosophy, that's called the two-quoque fallacy. The two-quoque means, and you also, right? Mm -hmm. The reason it's a fallacy is because it doesn't doesn't address the issue, right? Right. Just make a comparison, that's all. If we conclude, based on the evidence, that Muhammad was a pedophile, it wouldn't matter if someone else is a pedophile, right? And they don't, they don't just do this with Mary. They'll do this with other people in the Bible. They'll say, oh, but, you know, the, you know this ki- King so-and-so back in the middle- medieval period married a child and so on. And they don't seem to get the problem, namely that, okay, if Muhammad was a pedophile, it, it's completely irrelevant to, the, to that topic whether King so-and-so was a pedophile or even if whether, whether Joseph was a pedophile. It's, it's irrelevant. What you'd be saying is, okay, Muhammad's a pedophile, and so was this other person. So that's why it doesn't answer the question. That's why it's considered a logical fallacy. Either Muhammad's a pedophile or he's not. Either he had sex with a nine-year-old girl or he didn't. Either she hadn't reached puberty or she had, right? So these are the issues there. It doesn't make sense to, to, to point somewhere else. Uh, but this often gets brought up. Uh, Mary was young too, and multiple, multiple problems here. Um, it was... It was possible um, in ancient Israel to marry a girl who was 12 years old. Um, you don't hear of anyone marrying nine-year-olds, right? So, so that, that's, that's not a thing. Even in the Talmud, they would list 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And you had problems if you were trying to marry someone before the age of 12. So what they'll say is, well, maybe she was 12 then. And the reason it's maybe this or maybe that is because we have no source on the age of Mary, 
right? If you, if you had no idea, if you had no idea um, what the, the sources say and all you know is, well, it was possible to marry a girl of 12 and you say, well, therefore, maybe they married her, maybe someone married her then, maybe Joseph married her then. It's all hypothetical, right? When we talk about Muhammad marrying Aisha when she was six or seven and having sex with her when she was nine, that's based on evidence, we're saying this is what your sources say. Our sources do not say that she was 12 or 13 or 14. She could have been 18 as far as our, as far as our sources are concerned. Um, so what you'll find is that Muslims will go to later apocryphal sources mm-hmm. from like the 5th or 6th or 7th century where they start to give ages for Mary and Joseph. And so there is one that will say 12. There's another that says she was 14 and so on. And then you'll get one that says that Joseph was 90. And no one considers these reliable historical sources. They're much too late. And we know why they were coming up with ages. Because in Catholicism, the the question arose, why did Mary remain as a virgin? So according to Catholics, Mary remained a virgin. So the question was, well, after Jesus Jesus was born, why didn't Joseph have sex with her then? And so apocryphal sources started saying things like, well, jo- he was really old. Joseph was 90. Mm-hmm. So he, he, just wasn't, he just wasn't interested in sex. So these are sources that uh, you know, people came up with in order to respond to objections that were arising about various positions. Um, but again, no one, no one takes these, and not even Catholics take these as, as serious sources on the history of Mary and Joseph. They're, they're, they're much too late. So at the end of the day, we just have no reliable source on the age of Mary. Uh, we do have some things to consider here, right? So here is something from the Bible. So I'm going to read a couple of verses from Luke chapter 1. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see something interesting. So Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 39. So this is Mary coming to uh, visit Elizabeth. Um, So in those days, verse 39, in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mm -hmm. Now, notice, she's blessed among women. Yeah, meaning older, mature, and age. And this this is identified as from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is identifying Mary as in the category of women. Why is this why is this relevant? Well, in the Bible, we know there's a different category from women. There's a category of children. There's a category of children, and we see Jesus using this category. So, in Mark chapter 5, in Mark chapter 5, this is the story of Jairus whose daughter is sick and at the point of death and so he goes to Jesus because he heal, he hears that Jesus can perform miracles so he goes to Jesus to get Jesus to come uh, heal his daughter but as they're um, as they're there as they're going uh, someone already comes and says sorry she's dead now let's read uh, while he was still speaking so Jesus heals another another woman along the way 
While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they say, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. So Jesus calls Jairus' daughter the child. The child is not dead, but sleeping. And so it says uh, he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. So she's repeatedly called child, 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 child. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. So child, 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 child. And he calls her little girl, little girl, child. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And immediately the girl got up and began walking for she was 12 years of age. You were 12 years of age. You were still in the category of child child and a little girl. Mary is blessed among women. She's in a different category. So we have no source, no reliable source that tells us that she was 12 years old or 13 years old or something like that. All we have to go on is that she's called a woman Mm -hmm. in a time period where if you were 12 years old, you were still called little girl or child. Yeah. So, so there's no, the point is there's no basis for concluding that she was as young as 12 or 13 here. Sounds like she was in the category of women. So she was fully mature. So the entire argument from, from Muslims, their entire response, apart from being a logical fallacy, is just a bogus comparison. It, we, ha- we know that Aisha was nine. Uh, we certainly don't know that, that Mary was 12 or 13. Um, it looks like she was, she was certainly older. But there are other issues here. Notice, even if, even if she'd been nine, when Joseph married her, what in the world would that mean? Is, is Joseph the pattern of conduct for Christians? Is Joseph the pattern of conduct and we're we're all supposed to emulate Joseph? No. Muhammad is the pattern of conduct for Muslims. It really, really matters what he did. If all of a sudden we found some lost source and it showed that Joseph was an axe murderer, guess, guess what? Christian doctrine doesn't depend on Joseph. So it wouldn't matter what he did. So even if he had done something like that, um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't affect us. And even if we go beyond that and we say, okay, some girls, as young as 12, were married off in ancient Israel. And even if we said, okay, suppose Mary was actually 12. Notice, there's a big difference between 9 and 12. A 9-year-old girl could possibly be starting puberty, although, as we've seen, Aisha hadn't reached puberty. But she could, right? By the time she's 12 or 13, she could be completing puberty. So those are... so. It's a three-year difference, but those are, for many girls, the three years of, of puberty, the three years where their hips widen and their breasts develop. So there would be a world of difference between a nine-year-old girl and a 12-year-old girl, even if Mary had been 12. And when we factor in that it wouldn't matter because we're not talking about a guy who's the pattern of conduct um, in, uh, in Christianity, uh, and the fact that she sounds like a grown woman, according to our sources, and the fact that it's a fallacy. 
we see how desperate Muslims are to respond to this issue. And, and just think about it. There's no basis for concluding that there's anything pedophilic about this. But they'll actually try to work that into the source, saying, oh, she was a little girl like, like, uh, like Aisha was. Notice what they're doing. They're saying, hey, if you're criticizing our prophet because of what he actually did, if you're speaking the truth about our prophet, we're going to lie about people in the Bible. We're going to lie about your Bible in order to attack you. And that just shows you what kind of, what kind of religion we're dealing with. That's right. And also just to point out that in chapter 3, Surah uh, Al-Imran, uh, or the House of Imran in the Quran, verse 42, it seemed like it's allude to Miriam uh, or Mary as a young, uh, I mean, as a woman, I should say, uh, did not use a phrase that denotes her as a young girl. The Arabic word Nisa typically is used of mature, older woman. So what I'm trying to say is, if the Muslims are correct about her age, then the Quran failed and failed miserably to even elaborate further on her age. And that's basically what we deal with all the time. Thank you as always. And uh, hopefully next time we will continue with these arguments and we will address yet another uh, issue uh, concerning the relationship between Aisha and Muhammad. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after this message. You're listening to Let Us Reason with Al Fadi. We depend on the generous gifts of our supporters to produce this program. To join us in this work, go to patreon.com and search for CIRA International. That's C-I-R-A International. You can also donate through PayPal. Go to CIRAInternational.com to learn more. Your support will help us continue introducing Muslims to the gospel of Christ. Now, back to Let Us Reason. We have addressed a number of um, attempts by our Muslim friends to refute or to try to justify such behavior. Today, we're going to address yet another uh, attempt to refute uh, the fact that such behavior was unacceptable. For instance, our Muslim friends will point out to the age of Rebecca in the Bible, and they would say, wasn't Rebecca even younger than Aisha when she uh, got married? Or at least there was a proposal to marry her. And with that in mind, I'm going to turn to David. David, um, what do you say to that? Well, uh, I would here as all, always, I would say, read the passage, you liars. Right. So uh, this is actually one of the most disgusting responses. So um, we point out that according to Islam's most trusted sources, Aisha was six or seven when Muhammad married her and she was nine when he consummated the marriage with her. We're not making that up. It's not a situation where we say, we have no idea how old she was, but let's just make a claim. Um, we're claiming that Aisha was a certain age based on the evidence that we have. Mm -hmm. So this is according to their sources. Uh, but once they argue that, no, she wasn't nine years old, and we show that that's a lie, and then they say, ah, but she had reached puberty, and we show that that's false, then they start having to come up with different kinds of responses. And uh, just as we have with the example of them saying, but wasn't, wasn't Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm -hmm. young like Aisha? No, she wasn't, not according to any reliable source we have. Um, but they'll try that. And they also use that same approach, which, again, is a fallacy. It's called the two-quoque fallacy. Um, the two-quoque fallacy is when, in order to avoid answering an objection, you just... Um, say that, the, you know, you've got the same problem or something like that. Uh, notice that doesn't answer the issue. So if Muhammad is a pedophile, according to Muslim sources, 
it's irrelevant to say, ah, but so-and-so is also a pedophile. Okay, well, then there would be two pedophiles, right? That, That's that, right. That, I mean, that doesn't answer the question. Yeah, that doesn't, fix the, that doesn't fix the problem that Muhammad, the pattern of conduct in Islam, is a pedophile and that it's still causing problems for l- little girls around the world uh, today. So that's why it's, that's why it's a fallacy. Um, but what, what's most disturbing about this is that Muslims are just basically making stuff up. They're going to people in the Bible where the age isn't isn't given, and they're giving some sort of absurd reason for claiming that the girl was young, and then they're claiming it as fact. And so this one is especially disturbing because Muslims will actually say, Rebecca was three years old when Isaac married her. Notice, Isaac is a, is a, is a prophet according to Islam. And so they're actually accusing a prophet of marrying a three-year-old girl in order to deflect attention away from Muhammad. So defending Muhammad, just it, it's not just that it causes them to defend and justify pedophilia. It causes them to attack people in the Bible. So they're, they're, you're talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and they'll accuse Joseph of also being similar to Muhammad. And they'll, then they'll accuse Isaac of having sex with a three-year-old. So their belief in Muhammad is actually causing them to attack Numerous people in the Bible that they claim to respect. Oh, we respect. We respect Mary, the mother of Jesus. We respect the prophets in the Bible. And then this is how they treat them all in order to deflect attention away from their prophets. So the actual claim is that Rebecca was three. And it's very simple to just say uh, chapter and verse because the Bible nowhere, nowhere gives an age for Rebecca. So you say chapter and verse, and they will have no idea where it comes from because all, all that happens is someone will say it. One of their apologists will say it, and then they'll all pass it around as fact instead of actually knowing what the argument is based on. So I've actually asked repeatedly for Muslims to defend this, and the actual defense that they give is the most ridiculous thing in the history of humanity, mm. apart from many of their other claims. But so here, here, here's, here's how they get an age. Because normally if you want an age and it doesn't give an age, you kind of have to piece it together. You have to say, right. okay, well, this person was this age here and this age over here and this person was this age. Right. And then you kind of do some math and you get to a certain age. So in order to get an actual reference point to start, okay, here's how, here's how old someone was at this point or here's when this person was born. They need a starting point for... Uh, for Rebecca, and and here's the here's the claim that they make. This is their this is this is how they defend it. In Genesis 22, book of Genesis chapter 22, you have the story of Abraham and Isaac right, right. when they, they go up the mountain. Right, and at the very end of that chapter, the very end of that story, we have this passage where Abraham gets some news from back home. So Something Abra- about his brother. Abraham gets news from back home, and we read in verse 20. Now, after these things, it was told to Abraham. So we get some news. Behold, Milcah also has borne children to your brother Nahor. Uz, his firstborn, Buzz, his brother, Kemuel, the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlef, and Bethuel. Bethuel fathered Rebekah. These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother, right? So here's the argument. Abraham gets news from back home about who had kids and this and that. 
Because he's a long way away by this point. So you would only mm-hmm. – it's not like we have email now That's or, right. or even like the post service. That's right. You have to wait until travelers come by and they say, hey, I actually know your family from back home and I can tell you right. what's going on there. Right. So their argument to get this young age of Rebecca is, well, it says right, it says right here he heard that Bethuel fathered Rebecca. So they argue right now is when Rebecca is born. So start right now. This is when Rebecca is born. It doesn't say this is when Rebecca's born. It says this is when Abraham he- hears what the news from home. Following that reason, you'd have to say all these other people were, we're born, born the same right day. It's then. amazing. Yeah, man. all these children are born the same day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that's just, notice that's like insanely ridiculous reasoning. It shows how desperate they are to uh, to. They're so desperate to defend Muhammad. They'll they'll just even make up absurd reasoning like this. But what I want to point out here is the. Since there's no actual age for Rebecca that's given, if you just read about Rebecca when we first encounter her, it's really clear that she's not three. It doesn't say how old she was, but it's really clear that she wasn't three. So mm-hmm. um, this is later on when Abraham sends his servant right. to find a to find a, a, a bride right. for his son Isaac. He sends his servant, and his servant uh, gets to the well and prays. And for a say, sign. Yeah. yeah, say, you know, I don't know what to do here. So, God, could you have, you know, people are coming out. I'll ask for a drink of water. And if someone says, yeah, and, I'll, you know, I'll take, uh, let me water your camels too. Let that be a sign that this is the person you've chosen. So, we read in Genesis 24, starting at verse 15. Before he had finished speaking, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuel, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her water jar on her shoulder. The young woman was very attractive in appearance. Notice, the young woman. Mm -hmm. The young woman. Um, The young woman was very attractive in appearance, a maiden whom no man had known. She went down to the spring and filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please give me a little water to drink from your jar. She said, drink, my Lord. And she quickly let down her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw water. And she drew for all his camels. So Rebecca draws water for 10 camels. Now, I just went and searched. I just went and searched. How much can a camel drink? And the the first entry that pops up, which is from a university, a typical camel can drink 53 gallons of water in three minutes. <laughs> right? So let me get this straight. Uh, Muslims want to say this was a three-year-old. So this three-year-old is coming out to the watering hole, carrying her jar right. that, you know, she uses to draw water for the family, to bring in water for, for, for the family. That would get pretty heavy with water. Mm-hmm. And not only does she, is she the one who has to go out for water, she waters 10 camels. Now, let's suppose they weren't entirely uh, super thirsty. Let's say they just drank, you know, 25 gallons each. This three-year-old drew 250 gallons of water right. for someone. So notice the argument that she was three is absolutely insane. And I would have to say anyone making that argument, I don't trust you. You're a liar. There's no way you could, you could actually interpret the text that way and not be trying to deceive us. And the only passage that we have 
that would give us any indication of how old Rebecca was specifically calls her a young woman. Right. And she is clearly doing something that no three-year-old in the history of humanity could do. I have a three-year-old right now. He would not be drawing 250 to 500 gallons of water to take care of someone. And I certainly wouldn't trust him to be going out and uh, doing tasks like this by himself. And it's it's just amazing, David, like, like you mentioned, uh, out of desperation, sometimes you try to just reinterpret things to suit your agenda. And it's the same passage that you're picking from tells you the rest of the story. How come you just only take part of it and ignore the rest of it? And also, if Rebecca was born when Abraham got the news, man, that must have been the fastest way for him to get the news. It never says that he was waiting for someone to bring the news, just it just happened that he heard this was happened. And what about the rest of those that were born? It's a miracle in itself that that many people were born all at the same time. And didn't it mention that the same wife had more than one child? Wow, she has triplets? That's amazing. It was way more than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, you see the, the, the problem, you see the dilemma. I understand why our Muslim friends uh, do this. Uh, I mean, I would be embarrassed myself uh, if, if I have to deal with this. So I can appreciate where you're coming from. But let's tell the truth. Let us stick to what the scripture is saying and let us just face the dilemma. It is a dilemma. It is a problem. Let's just call it what it is. Thank you, David. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you everyone for watching. Uh, Wait, uh, uh, hopefully we will catch up with you next time uh, with yet another issue related to this topic. This is Al-Fadi. God bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.